Hi, St. Mo's. Happy Easter. I wanted to actually walk back a few days with you before Easter to the night that the church has traditionally called Maundy Thursday, which is the night that the church marks Jesus' betrayal and arrest and what is ultimately his march toward his sacrificial death that will proceed through an unjust trial and a brutal execution that is prolonged and involves incredible suffering. And you will recognize probably in the psalm that I'm going to read some lines that describe Jesus' experience on the cross. So think about that as you listen to these words. In Psalm 22, David writes, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and let me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. The reason this psalm struck me as a good place for us to hang out tonight is not because I don't want us to live in the Easter in the Easter part of where we're at and where we've been, but because I think it highlights something that is really central to the, the Christian life, which is this yet that happens here twice in the part that we read, but is kind of a theme that continues throughout this psalm and many others where someone expresses real sadness, anguish, despair, desperation to God, and then they say things that do not feel true. Yet you are holy and enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you and you rescued them. Uh, yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb. <laughs> um, these yets that we hear from, I think are key to making this journey with Jesus from what Maundy Thursday refers to which is Jesus' betrayal, arrest, uh, unjust trial, brutal and prolonged execution, public execution. And then a lying in the tomb, a real and complete death, not just a, not just a sort of dead, not just a fake death, but a real death. And then a rising again to glory and thereby ensuring our rising again and our life.
with Christ. Um, and, and I think a big part of that, of that story is, is this yet, this idea that as we are in really dark places, like we are right now as a society and a culture, there is something about proclaiming what is not yet, but which we trust in partly because we look back and see the saving works of God, the goodness of his work in our lives and in the lives of Israel and um, of God's people throughout history. And we claim that and we make these audacious, absurd claims about the future that say, you will rescue me again. And you are holy. You uh, are enthroned on the praises of Israel. Um, Our ancestors trusted in you and cried out and you saved them and you never let them be put to shame. And similarly, we trust that we will be heard, found, and saved by you and you will not let us be put to shame. But there's not a lot about the present that that looks like that. And I thought about that the other day as I sat in my office at home, which is pretty near to St. Mo's, which is in earshot of another local church that has bells, has a bell tower. And they rang out last week. I'm not sure what day it was, but I know it was around five. They rang out the the bells, the tune to A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And as I heard that, I I called to mind those incredible words um, that Luther wrote. He said, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. And I thought to myself, why is that so profound right now? What is so profound about saying these things about God, proclaiming these things that don't look true right now when that probably looks silly to the world um foolish and certainly useless it's not providing any any particular um service good or service that makes this current experience we're in any easier to sing out these beautiful old words of faith and hope and trust um and it may not feel like it does much when we when we sing those out either and we do that at St. Mo's all the time we sing out these words together that proclaim that proclaim realities that we might not always see around us I've, I went and looked back through some of the songs that we've been singing through this pandemic, and I just love that we've sung, we've sung um, victory belongs to Jesus, victory belongs to him, death could not hold you. We, we've sung, we will feast in the house of Zion. We will feast with our hearts restored. He has done great things. We will say together, we will feast and weep no more. Um yeah, we've sung song after song that testify that testify to the goodness of God, the holiness of God, the victory of God, the resurrection life of God. 
that if we were to take a look around right now, it might seem foolish and certainly seems misguided. And I actually think that's part of the point. It strikes me that maybe part of the Christian vocation in this cultural moment of coronavirus is not as much as we think it is about what we can do or give or provide, but is in, in a way we can't maybe even name is about singing out the yet, singing out together the yet you are holy, um, yet you are worthy of our trust and praise. I think that in some way, in some deep and special and important way, that maybe the church might be being called to a vocation of worship in addition to a vocation of service and self-sacrifice. But a vocation, and by vocation I mean a call or direction that we uh, experience that shapes our whole life and that we believe is given shape by God. And and many of us are focused on the doing of that. And I think that's good and important and certainly biblical. Um, but there's also something to the worshiping, the vocation of worship in this moment, of saying, of singing out together and giving this witness. Death could not hold you, the veil torn before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. And that's our vocation right now. That's what we're called to. John Paul II said, We are Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. And we sing that hallelujah in the face of coronavirus and all that brings with it. And we journey with Jesus from Maundy Thursday to Easter Sunday. Amen.